coming up next on Contemplate. For those who are married, it has, it has value. For those who are unmarried, it has value. For those who are young, old, whatever, this is important. We've got to think about what is healthy, what is biblical when it comes to how we use our money. No doubt that got your attention. Money is a huge issue for most of us and can also be a big problem in marriages. Well, in this episode of Contemplate, our teacher, Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church, will start to help us learn the principles to handle money right. Here's Pastor David. Marriage and relationship. We're in our third week here. I'm surprised you came back after last week. I tried to offend everybody as hard as I could, and I probably did, um, including myself a lot. And so... Uh, I will try once again this week, we're going to talk about money, because everybody loves talking about money and their personal financial situations and whatever. And let me tell you once again, just like I said to you last week, this stuff may offend you. It may offend you. You know why? Because when truth comes out about things that we sort of hold tight, it rubs up against us. If you ever worked out um, and, 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 you know, lost weight and, and, and built your body up and whatever, you know that in order to do that, it takes discipline and pain to see a result. Well, part of what we do here on Sunday mornings and when we teach and when we, when we study the Word together, all of us, me and you, have to experience some of that rubbing up and some of that pain if we're going to grow. If we're going to grow, if we're going to press past, if we're going to see amazing things happen, sometimes we have to let our pride get smacked down a little bit. Sometimes we just have to deal with the fact that it's rough. Now, if you disagree with me about something I say, we can talk about it. Not while I'm talking, but afterwards at some point, or you know, give me a call, call the office. I'm always happy to meet with anybody and discuss this, this stuff, okay? Anytime, any question, always welcome, okay? I'm not going to think less of you. I'm not going to be mad at you, nothing, Bring your, bring your concerns to me. Don't hold them to yourself. If you disagree with me about something, let's talk about it. But I'm going to tell you what I believe is the truth. I'm going to tell you what I believe is the truth. That's what I'm always going to do. I'm going to tell you what I think is true. I'm going to tell you what I think Scripture says. I'm going to tell you what I think God has shown us and revealed to us in his word, in nature, through who he is. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So give it a chance. Keep your mind open. Question yourself. If you start to feel something rub up against, ask whether that's because I'm truly wrong about what I'm saying or because God is trying to work and refine something in you. Okay, I know he's trying to work. This, is, this one hit me. Okay, this message is as much at me as is at anybody. This one hit me pretty hard, actually. So, all right. What kind of an issue is money? What's the, what's the deal? Is this a big issue? Uh, short answer is uh, Yeah. In marriages, there are people actually, I know none of you, but there are people who actually argue about money sometimes um, in their marriages. A few, I, I know probably not in this church, but we'll talk about it anyway, just in case it ever happens. Um, in fact, the frequency of disagreements over money in a marriage is, has a direct correlation to the chances and the percentage chance that a marriage will end in divorce. Direct correlation. I got a, a graph. Have we got it up there? Good. Okay. So pretty graph, couple lines there. What you see on the left side of that graph is your percentage chance above the normal percent chance that you'll end up in a divorce. Okay. And across the bottom, the low side starts with, we disagree about money less than once per month. Low. And then it says several times per month, once a week, several times per week, almost every day. Almost every day, way, way up there. 
okay? What they found is with husbands, with men, this is actually the only indicator. So what they did with this is they interview people about how often they're, they're, they're disagreeing about money. Years later, they go back and see how many of them were still married. That's how they got this stat, all right? Men, it was the only indicator of all the things, you know, intimacy and, you know, you make, you know, not getting along or, or I'm annoyed or all the different things people fight about. This was the only one that had an indicator like this, that if they were, if they were fighting this, this often, they were this much more likely to divorce for men. For women, there were a couple other ones. But for men, this was, this was the only one that actually had statistical significance. If you're fighting about money, the more often, the more likely your marriage will end more likely to land. And so that blue line is the men, that red line is the women. That's the, that's the indicator. So money is a big issue in marriage, okay? A big issue. Now, it starts before marriage because you start having money pretty early on, right, and having to deal with money. So learning how to use money and so on starts early. So this is for everybody. For those who are married, it has, a, has value. For those who are unmarried, it has value. For those who are young, old, whatever, this is important. We got to think about what is healthy, what is biblical, when it comes to how we use our money, how we steward, how we take care of our money, what's healthy, what's biblical. If you have a Bible, take it out, turn to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 10. If you don't have a Bible, it will be up on the screen, and you can read it there. Here we go, starting at verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord, that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Okay, what is the Holy Spirit saying through Paul here? A lot, okay? But let's focus on the secret. Paul has just given us the secret to being content. Whether you're poor or rich, whether you're in need, whether you have plenty, he's given us the secret to be content. Let me tell you, when Paul says in need, he's not talking about, I only got one hamburger instead of two. Okay? Paul knew need. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 4, 11 through 13. To this very hour, we go hungry and thirsty. We are in rags. We are brutally treated. We are homeless. We work hard with our own hands. When we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. We have become the scum of the earth, the garbage of the world, right up to this moment. Okay? He is not stressed about first world problems. He, has, he knows legitimate need. Hungry, thirsty, in rags, homeless, right? Persecuted. This is the things that he's facing. And content satisfied in that space. Now, I'm not saying that some of us don't have real financial concerns. Maybe even some of us are dealing with some of that. And if we are, you need to talk to us about it. If you're part of this church and you're going through these types of things, we need to know about that. And I know many of us have faced need before. I'm saying there's a secret to being content, whether you're in that situation or whether you have your flying private jets and you got the, you know, the big speedboat and you got the whole nine yards, contentedness is tough on both sides. Tough on both sides. So let's, uh, let's say what the secret is. This is what he says the secret is. It was in the last verse of the Philippians passage. It says this, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. 
What is he saying? He's saying, how do I find my contentedness? It's not in whether I'm hungry or whether I'm full. It's in Christ. My strength to be content comes from Christ. Money doesn't affect it. The secret, the secret to being content is that it's about Jesus. It's not about money. It's not about where I am. If I'm in Jesus, I'm always content. Now, as we go through this, and we're going to talk about practical stuff, we're going to talk about money practically, but I want you to remember that this is the point. The point is, if you have that, we talked about that vertical relationship, the relationship with God, and if that's not right, and if that's not strong, that you don't have the power to have your lateral relationships, whether that's marriage or your kids or your friends or your coworkers, those aren't going to be right. If this is dysfunctional, this is dysfunctional. We talked about that, right? What Paul is saying is, listen, when I find all my strength here, and then I'm content in everything else, because these aren't the things, these things can't move me because I have my strength. The secret is my strength comes from him, from Christ. So keep that in mind. When I, was, when I got married, when Tiffany and I got married, I was 21 and she was 20. We, we did not have a lot of money, okay? Uh, we were young and, and you know, we, we've lived in government-assisted housing. Um, we've lived with our family. There's nothing quite so, uh, you know, making a man feel just manly as telling his wife, hey, we don't have any money. We have to move in with my mommy. Uh, that is, that's rough. I can tell you that. Um, so young men, don't get married if you're going to have to do that because it is a tough one to come back from. There were times where we were on food stamps. Uh, there were times, uh, you know, where we just couldn't afford much. And, and you're not really making your wife feel like a special princess when you're like, girl, I'm going to make you the best ramen dinner you have ever had. And she's like, uh-huh, why did I marry this guy? Um, I remember one time we were, we were actually living in, in a government-assisted apartment. And we didn't even have a plunger, okay? I don't know if that was because we couldn't afford one, but I know we didn't have one. And I remember having to go next door to ask to borrow a plunger. And let me just tell you, you cannot look cool and ask somebody to borrow a plunger. It does not work because they know what you're going to use it for, right? <laughs> so you're gonna, and then when you go back, you really don't look cool because you're like, hey, <clears throat> this thing that you gave me, I took it and I shoved it in a bowl full of my poop. Do you want to <laughs> take it back in your house? Crazy thing is they did. They're like, oh, thank you. You know, I'm like, ah, I didn't clean it. Gross. All right. I'm just, hey, look. Um, <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. We were never in any kind of true need. You want to see true need, you come to Honduras with us. Okay? We were never in any kind of true need. I always could have gone back. Our families would have made sure that we never starved. You can see very clear that I've never starved. Um, they, they would have taken care of us if the worst came to the worst. I was never in a situation like Paul was in. Okay? But we didn't always have money. And there were times where our lack of money was a serious stress on our marriage. And now I'm going I'm to give you a little confession time. One of the reasons that we didn't have a lot of money was because sometimes I didn't work hard enough. And sometimes I was incredibly foolish with money. And my wife and my kids suffered because of my laziness and stupidity. Just being honest with you, that's, that's who I was. Sometimes I just was an idiot. We've also been in situations where we've had plenty, lots everything we need. And you would think that, well, in that situation, it'd be very easy to be content. 
especially if you're on that other side and you're thinking, if I just had, if I just had, and I could just feel the security, I'd be content. But guess what? It's not actually that easy. When you get, when you get three eggs, you want four. If you like eggs, I don't know. If you don't like eggs, you probably don't even want the three, but whatever, okay? Dollars. If you have this much, you often want that much, especially when your neighbor has that much. And on that side, I've made stupid decisions too. Like I already had more stuff than I would ever use and borrowed stupidly so I could get more worthless stuff and put us in a difficult financial situation. That's, that's the facts. I've done all of those things. Um, but we have learned to be content in both situations. I've learned to be content when I'm sitting in a... Uh, uh, apartment, and all I have is like three potatoes for the next three days, and I, you know, and some butter, of course, because I'm not a savage. And, you know, <laughs> you're cooking a baked potato, and that's what you're eating, right? Uh, I've been in that situation of being content, and I've been in situations where I had plenty and being content. But let me tell you what it was the only thing that ever has made me or Tiffany or our family content is Jesus Christ, period. It's never been about how much money we have or don't have. If we ever looked to that for our contentment, we never had it. The only time and the only way we were ever content was when we got our contentedness, our value, our peace, and our power from Christ through his strength. That's it, okay? Now, I'm not saying that money's not important. Money is important. It is. We're supposed to, to steward our money well. We need it. That's generally how we eat. I mean, some of you may have a farm or something. I don't have a farm. So if I want to eat, I have to have money. So it's important, okay? So let's talk about some biblical principles, some godly principles for how to deal with our money, okay? Principle number one, work hard and take care of your family. Work hard and take care of your family. We need to work hard to provide for our families. We need to do that. Okay, let's look at what Scripture says. 1 Timothy 5.8. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. He has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Okay? Now, we go through stuff sometimes where we have difficulty because, you know, we lost a job. And we don't, but I'm talking about people who don't work, right? That's what, that's what Scripture's talking about. A person who refuses to provide for his family or her family. Okay? I'm going to address the men first, though, because this is one that I think um, applies to them a lot, the, what I'm about to talk about. Let me, let me tell you something, guys. Do not be lazy and do not be a dreamer or a schemer, okay? Do not be lazy. Do not be a dreamer or a schemer. Your wife and your children should not have to feel insecure about the financial situation of the family because you refuse to do what you need to do. Do not ask your family to subsidize your dreams and or schemes, okay? What do I mean by that? I mean get a job. That's what I mean. I mean get a job. There's nothing wrong with having dreams, okay? Nothing wrong with that. You can dream big things. You should. But if you can't find a way to accomplish those goals, those dreams, and make sure that your family is taken care of and secure at the same time, then it's time to give that dream up. Time to wake up, okay? Time, the dream is over. If you can't do both, then it's not consistent because we know you have to take care of your family. 
Okay? Sometimes a family has to sacrifice. I get that. Putting, we, had to, you know, we went through school. We had to sacrifice for, for my wife and I to go through school. Sometimes you start a business. Done that too. You got to sacrifice as the business is getting started. Those are legitimate things. But some people, it's one dream and scheme after another. One get rich quick thing after another. And this one's going to work out. Oh, honey, this one's going to work out. I promise you. Meanwhile, let's all be financially insecure while I chase easy money. And I've seen that. And I've seen that. Here's the deal. Um, Sometimes you got to mow lawns or get a job at McDonald's until they come to your door and give you that job that you think you deserve, okay? Some of, I've had to do all kinds of stuff, and you might have to too. There comes time, there comes a time when you just got to buck up and go to work, okay? I'm not talking about people who have lost a job and are looking for work and that type of thing. If, you're, if you are faithfully looking to do that, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm talking about those who refuse to do it, who refuse to do that. Now, we have a whole generation of young men who are content to live in their mommy's basement in their, you know, boxer shorts typing on Reddit all day and playing video games, you know, because they don't have to work because mommy will take care of them. If you've got one of those in the basement, kick him out. Tell him to get a job, okay? It's not helping him. It's not a good thing for him to learn. All right. Also, on the other side, some men tend to justify being a workaholic, by saying, I've got to provide for my family. Um, your family does need to be provided for, but they also need you to be with them, okay? There is a golden mean here. There's a middle between I'm lazy and a dreamer schemer, and I work so hard that I'm a workaholic that I'm never around. How about enough so that your family can survive and be secure, but so that they have you too? All right, that's where you need to be. And of course, ladies, you have obligations here too. I mentioned those things because I see them more with guys than I do with, with ladies. Um, I think that ladies oftentimes have more of a natural instinct to work hard than some guys. Maybe it's a cultural thing. I, I, I'm not sure. But you ladies also are called to work hard. It may be in the home. It may be outside the home. It may be whatever, right? But you are called to put in a full day's hard work every day or you're not meeting your obligations to your husband and your children, your family. You need to be doing that. Sometimes uh, the, a wife may have more earning power. Sometimes a husband may have more earning power. That doesn't matter as long as everybody's working hard for the family. As long as everybody's doing what they need to do to take care of the family. That's what matters, okay? That's number one. Work hard to take care of your family. Number two, this one's easy. Be wise. Don't buy what you cannot afford. I know, that, that's shocking, right? That's, that's the, uh, you came all the way here to hear that. Um, here's the thing. It seems very easy and very cliche, but it's the same thing with like dieting. Hey, if you burn more calories than you eat, you'll lose weight, right? Everyone knows that. And there are, at my last count, about 500 million different diets that basically say that same thing in a different way. And we run from one to the next one to the next one to the next one and still cannot seem to keep that principle at play. And once again, talking to myself, I'm starting to really not like this sermon because it's hitting me pretty hard. But same thing with money, right? We have you know, program after program after program after program that's just this principle. Spend less than you make. 
and they just say it in a different way, and they charge you all this money. We'll do anything. Give me a system. Give me a system. Give me a system. There's nothing wrong with those systems, by the way. There's nothing wrong with a particular type of diet that works for you. There's nothing wrong with a particular um, financial program that works for you to help you have that discipline. But the point is, it's very simple in principle, so much so that you all know it, and it's obvious, yet it's very hard to do. It's very hard to put in practice. This is what, we have some wisdom literature in the Bible. And in the book of Proverbs, it says this in Proverbs 21, 20. There is desirable treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man squanders it. Okay? This is not about oil um, and so on, but that would have meant you had some stuff. You had some stuff saved up. He's saying, this is what the, this is what the verse is saying. It's really simple. If you spend less money than you make, you'll have some left over for when you need it. Maybe even enough to leave something to your children. That's what it's saying. Look, spend less than you make. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. It's not a magic. There's no magic formula. It's just, look, you got to know what's coming in and you got to know what's going out. For a lot of us, and I know for me, that's half the problem. Just not paying attention. You know, okay, well, the bank is above zero, so everything must be fine, right? I don't know exactly what's gone out or exactly what's come in, but, you know, we don't have that red thing, and no one's calling me because my account's overdrawn right now, so that's a great budget for me, right? And, and that's kind of the way we sort of live sometimes. But that's not wisdom, right? That's not wisdom. Some of us need help in this area. We have resources. We have resources to help. If you need help in this area, there's no shame in that. If you look at most people's financial life, you'll realize most people need help. Even though it's a simple concept, most people need help executing it. We have the tools to help you do that. If you need help, call the church. We'll hook you up with somebody, no shame in it. We'll talk through it. We'll help you, get you on the track so that you can be successful with this principle, okay? Wisdom is using discipline in your finances. That was Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church here on Contemplate. There's more to learn on this topic, so please be sure to check out the next episode as Pastor David continues to show us God's plan for money. Now, if this kind of practical, no-nonsense teaching is a breath of fresh air for you, let me invite you to Axe Church this Sunday morning. Pastor David loves to meet our Contemplate listeners, and I just know you'll be blessed. Get directions and all the info you need at axchurchnw.org or call 360-885-9000. Thanks for listening. Hope to see you Sunday and on our next episode here on Contemplate.